everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the team of Matt and Anna at Roller Game and their mad footy board game, where they're kicking big bags of gold, making turnovers at critical times, and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about, and you can find them on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au, that's R-O-L-L-A, to find out a bit more about them, but more importantly, to get your hands on a man for footy board game for you and the family. And let's just dive straight in. It's time to talk a little bit of cricket, and uh, to begin, we're going to go with the Scorchers women. Handed shot, squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top. They said they've gone against the trend and they are the WBBL. Now, next up on the agenda for the ladies was a date with Brisbane Heat, uh, Alan Borderfield, back last Thursday. After being sent into bat, the Scorchers responded with a supremely strong total, posting 3 for 192, mainly on the back of a 131-run opening stand from Beth Mooney, 50 or 42, and Captain Sophie Devine, who took herself to the top of the order and responded with 106 of 62. An even new addition, Nat Siverbrunt, she chimed in with a quick-fire 22 of 14. Now on the bowling side, the Heat were in with a chance, uh, 15 overs into the game, but uh, from there, uh, they went from 6 for 33, uh, followed by 4 for 20 from the bowling unit, finishing the game off with 2 and a bit overs to spare. Uh, the bowling team all contributed, uh, claiming at least one wicket, whilst the top performers were Piper Cleary, 3 for 27, at a 6.75 economy rate, friend of the show, Piper Cleary, should we say, and the unplayable Alana Kings, 2 for 15 at 6. Now, play doesn't stop, though, for these Scorchers as they next hit the pitch on Saturday against, albeit an underperforming Melbourne Renegades at the City Power Centre or the formerly Junction Oval. Now, they got the job done, took care of business in a very clinical performance, electing to bowl first, putting the clamps on the gates, restricting them to 5 for 133 at one stage, uh, though having Melbourne 5 for 71 at the 12.3 over mark, uh, but, you know, eventually they got to 5 for 133. Uh, with Amy Edgar, the best performance Form, picking up 2 for 14 at a mere 3.5 economy rate. That's what we like to see. Now, chasing down the total, well, how about making a statement, getting 134 with 10 wickets in the sheds and from just 11.2 overs on, um, on the bat of an absolutely informed um, captain in Sophie Devine, 70 not out from 36, consisting of 8 sixes and 10 boundaries total, and Beth Mooney's 47 not out from 32. They actually jumped up to second in the competition, and they had the top run rate of 1.29. Of course, that was uh, based on uh, on Sunday, but uh, they had one last game, um, and it was against top-of-the-table Sydney Thunder, with these Scorchers truly uh, having all the run in the competition as it really reaches the pointy end because they took care of the Sydney Thunder by 42 runs, initially being sent into bat in what uh, one would think to be sort of a par score of 4 for 159, but maybe 10 to 20 runs short. Beth Mooney led the way this time, contributing one-third of the team's score, with 101 not out of 61, and unfortunately not much else from others, uh, with single-digit scores from the other four batters in the top five. But Chloe Paparo helped the score from 4 for 89 at the end of the 13th over to give them a much-needed impetus to push the final total with her 22 not out of 16, um, of course, to the 
to the total that they ended up getting, which of course was about four for 159. Um, she teamed up with Beth Mooney, Chloe Paparo, as she finally had a batting partner who stuck around for a little bit longer. Now, the defense of an average score turned out to be more than enough, with a flurry of wickets putting a big dent in the thunder, having them one, two, and three, the Perth Scorchers down for just 17 runs, then four for 29, and five for 33, for withstanding a bit of a fight back, putting the clamps on the run rate of the Thunder, never really letting them get close or build the impetus to get to the target as they took the final two wickets for just 12 runs to lead Sydney Stranded at 8 for 117 with 20 overs complete. It was just a supreme defensive bowling effort. Now, the unit was led by Amy Edgar with 3 for 18 at 4.5, whilst a uh, friend of the show, Piper Cleary, is going to keep plugging that. Why uh, Why shouldn't I, to be honest? I was at her economical best with none for 13 at 3.25 economy rate, just being extremely hard to get away. Now, with that string of matches now completed, um, they look forward to a Thursday match up against the Sydney Sickers at North Sydney Oval. I'm um, sitting pretty top of the table, albeit having played one more game, but a much superior net run rate that is plus 0.64 more than the second place Thunder. So they're in a great spot. All right, we're going to leave it there. Let's now head to the hard court. Let's talk a little bit of basketball, and that means it's our Perth Wildcats to start off with. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cock and building up the heat Here we come, oh no Here we come, oh no Here we come, yeah But Wildcats are on the ground Watch out if you're in the way Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl now, the Wildcats had momentum after a really successful weekend going back to the massive OT game um, last Monday, sort of afternoon slash evening. And uh, unfortunately, recording had already happened uh, before that time, so couldn't really tell you um, the result of the win, unfortunately. But uh, we're here now. So um, they got a big win over Melbourne United uh, The uh, going into that game, though I think they were 8-1 Melbourne United. But they beat them 102-95 with a, just a really, really quick summary and stats of the match being plus seven rebounds, plus five in offensive rebounds, which is just massive, as this has been a massive decline from them when they went in that slump of four games. Um, Next star, Alex Saar, was really impressive for his 17 points and six rebounds from just 24 points, if you don't mind. Um, BC, Bryce Cotton, back in four for 24 points and six rebounds, mainly in the back of 13 or 14 free throws. So prior to the free throw line, he was actually quite well held. Uh, But Christian Doolittle was the story of this one. He had a break out game 18 points seven rebounds five or six and a plus 19 plus minus now skipping ahead to last friday night though against a desperate new zealand with their own season on the line could the cats make it three on the trot well yes and it was their best performance of the season for me uh, with supreme ball movement tough defense and unselfish offensive play leading to really good shots and really just destroying New Zealand. Uh, The game was won and decided in the first 10 minutes as Perth went out to a 34-17 lead, which consisted of 7 of 7 from the free throw line, 6 of 9 two-pointers, and 5 of 9 from the land of plenty, uh, with the remaining three quarters being a plus one to the team in red. Now, where do we start with the dominance? And it was truly getting to the line, but making those shots count. Uh, They were 18 of 21 from the free throw line at 86%, up against New Zealand's just four of six. 
not good enough really. Um, five more steals, only three turnovers to Perth, which is just amazing. And actually turned the 14 New Zealand turnovers into plus 15 points from turnovers. There's the game right there. Done and dusted. Uh, BC, Bryce Cotton went off. Uh, he, in fact, uh, a lot of New Zealand breakers didn't even know that he was playing. Uh, he had so much space. 37 points. 6 of 13 from 3-point land and 6 of 7 2-pointers. Keanu Pinder was a strong force as well with 21 points, 6 rebounds. Um, not many fouls, which is fantastic for once. 8 of 14 from the field. Excuse me. And 2 of 2 uh, from 3-point land. And finally, Christian Doolittle was back-to-back in having a big impact on the floor. 8 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, but also second best on the floor with plus 19, plus minus. Uh, he is finally uh, becoming the player that uh, a lot of us saw from the highlights package and what Danny Mills and John really told us about him. Now, the season is mildly back on track, so let's not get too excited. Um, as they've sort of ju- jumped up to fifth on the ladder with a defining Thursday night clash to keep this momentum rolling against Cairns at RAC Arena for a trip to an unhappy hunting ground in Nissan Arena up against a resurgent Brisbane Bullets who are very unlucky not to get the chocolates up against the Sydney Kings away. So suffice to say, two big games coming up and uh, can certainly define their season as to are they going to be contenders or are they just a bunch of pretenders? Right, let's leave it for the Wildcats. Let's talk a little bit of football, the round ball game. Let's firstly touch base with our glory men. On glory, glory, man, glory. Yeah, to the men indeed, and uh, the momentum has stopped pretty quickly for the men. After last week's first win of the season, going down 2-0, or 0-2, depending on whichever way you look at it, to the Western Sydney Wanderers away, in a bit of a backward step for the boys. Uh, The first half was very back and forth with David Williams striking the post just shy of the half, and that was really their best shot on goal for the first portion of the game. But entering the second half, and in the space of seven minutes, uh, the team conceded two goals from close range as the defenders just gave their attackers goal side space and too much room to get their shots off, being too good uh, being too good for the goalkeeper at that stage. So we're praising Cameron Cook before, but unfortunately it just wasn't his day. Now there were three shots after that from Stefan Kolokoski, Jaden Gorman and Daniel Benny that were saved or just went over the bar. So unfortunately um, they just couldn't nail the final piece of the puzzle to you know try to get themselves back into the match to try to steal the draw um, or even you know snatch a very unlikely victory. But uh, to be honest, the possession count was very much in favour of the Western Sydney Wanderers 55%, and in particular the first half where the game was sort of really up for grabs, 62%. Uh, the Glory had six less goal attempts, just three shots on goal, um, minus 12 throw-ins, leading to, of course, giving possession away. They had 20 less attacks and 17 less dangerous attacks. So they were, you know, in, in many key statistical categories, they were beaten across the board. And it was, no doubt, their worst performance of the season, albeit we're only four games in. Now, the loss has dropped them to eighth, um, as we said, four games into the season, uh, where they will now take a one-week break due, I guess, I'm presuming, to an international window, coming back on Sunday fortnight up against Brisbane in Brisbane, who are right in the top six mix. So a great challenge for the team in purple uh, to bounce back after two weeks on the track. We're going to leave it now for the men, and let's actually touch base and just roll on with the glory, but this time, our women. 
Striking from range. Oh my! Great Charlie. Take a bow. Unbelievable strike. Coming in at a rate of knots. And the World Cup hero goes back. Now, if you're ever going to get behind a WA team, this is the one. Because at the moment, they are the hottest and are simply unstoppable, making it four wins, zero losses for our ladies. Uh, coming from behind to down Adelaide 2-1 at Macedonia Park on Saturday evening. Now, the girls started off positively and aggressively, where there was a strong run and drive by Grace Jarley. And then Millie Farrow had two shots on goal in the box, but to no avail in what was clearly missed opportunity. Um, so, you know, you're shaking their head and they go, you know, how do they come back to get the win? Well, United, Adelaide United, they didn't miss their first genuine shot, making it count in the back end, the 41st minute of the first half, going up 1-0 heading into halftime, as their goalkeeper also made two big saves uh, from Hannah Lowry that actually stopped the glory from striking in the first 45 minutes. Now into the second half, and Grace Jarley, shortly after the restart, got her outstretched leg onto a terrific, and might we say, perfectly weighted cross via Hannah Lowry's superb long ball from the right side to breathe a life into the team in purple and give them an opportunity to extend the undefeated streak. But enter Susan Fong Songham when in the 85th minute an individual solo dribbling effort into the box before finishing under pressure at an angle that led to a regaining of the lead and the equaliser sort of came after Adelaide missed two golden chances in regards to going back to Grace Jarlay's shot. But that equaliser came after Adelaide missed two golden chances down the other end but it only counts when it's in the back of the net, unfortunately. Now, the Glory dominated goal, at goal attempts 15-8, to 8, despite just a 45 possession uh, count, whilst they had minus 11 attacks or front third runs. But the Glory had plus 26 in dangerous attacks or prominent runs and passages of play in that final third and the penalty box. So they had way more, um, you know, of course, 15-8 to 8 goal attempts. That's just, you know, a domination right there, but just really couldn't, Hit at home, at least in the first 45, but they made it count when they needed to. Now, to the surprise of no one, the girls at top of the table, 12 points as they look ahead to another home clash, this time up against Melbourne Victory, a really good challenge for the girls. Now, let's head back to the hard court and let's talk a little bit of Perth Lynx. Off the glass, body on body. McDonald's, A-back with an A-grade finish. Wow. Turning around on that occasion. McDonald's, star import, Atwell comes up with the steal and the basket. Boy, she's been impressive. Now, could the ladies in red make it 2-0? Now, going down by 10 points after quarter time was certainly not the way they wanted to start, but they turned it around in the second term, winning that by 8 points to be within striking distance as the main break came. But the Lightning responded with a third quarter uh, win of plus 4 points to head into the final 10 minutes with a nice 6-point lead and plenty of confidence and momentum as both teams sort of held various forms of uh, ascendancy across the game, with Perth leading by by as much as 9 and Adelaide by as much as 12. Now what you couldn't prepare for or expect was not was the response from the Lynx as they went bang for the second straight week. Not only did they keep Adelaide to just 13 points across the uh, the final term 
but the Perth Lynx piled on 26 points themselves to come away with a gutsy and come from behind 92-85 victory. Overall, their two-point field goal percentage was at a high 59.5%. However, they did give up five more three free throw attempts. Um, it's not ideal, resulting in a minus four free throw points aligned that alone that of course went to Adelaide uh, minus 11 in rebounds but the nice positive was uh, the pressure that uh, the Lynx put on Adelaide forcing the Lightning into 20 turnovers and plus 7 points from turnovers. Um, they actually gave up just 8 turnovers themselves the Lynx so taking care of the ball for the most part you can definitely get 8 down to 5 you know that's probably an ideal number but 8's not too shabby at all. Now looking at that much talked about final quarter they actually went 6 or 7 from 2 pointers, 6 to 2 assists and plus three rebounds in that term so even though they lost the rebounds overall in that final term they really made it count and they got those boards that they needed now input airy mcdonald again i think i think i finally got it right it was Ari one week it was Ari another week i think it's airy after listening to the lady so we'll see if i've got it right uh she actually showed the league why she is one of the top level talents in the competition and she's actually in uh, the top five team of the week that was announced just today so monday we're recording on a Monday evening because it's been a busy week and a busy Monday for myself. 29 points, 12 of 22 field goals, 11 assists. So a double-double for, for her uh, and five steals. But Captain Annalie Maley and Vice Captain Amy Atwell, they both got 17 points apiece with Annalie also adding on uh, five or six free throws, 13 rebounds, Five assists and four steals in just an all-round game. Lost Amy Atwell shot at 50% from the field. Now, the girls sit second on the ladder very, very early on in the season with yet another home clash awaiting the women in red, taking on a winless Bendigo Spirit on Friday night at the Bendat Basketball Centre. Well, I'm going to leave it there for our Perth Lynx. Uh, of course, that's our women's basketball team, just in case you didn't know. And let's now head over to talk all things Perth Thundersticks, both men. And women. White's there in the thick of it. As is Frusha. Now the drag flick in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark. Brings it in. Perth the other way. Crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. Let's it go to a teammate. Zalewski. Oh boy, it was a tough Zalewski. day at the office for both the men and the women in Sunday's matches against the New South Wales Pride that uh, both my wife and I and my beautiful daughter Savannah was meant to go to, but uh, the rain kept us away. Um, thank goodness that we didn't get rained on and uh, we didn't go to see um, what was quite a challenging and difficult performance uh, for both the men and the women. So let's start off with the men. It was a 1-3 loss uh, with just a tough defeat, despite a number of solid opportunities for the team early on, looking to score early. Uh, but the prize defence was a difficult one to crack and then it flipped in the second term with New South Wales holding shot attempt ascendancy but the Thundersticks held firm uh, with the teams heading into the main break with a clean slate. In the third quarter, the shot was fired from the Pride. Firstly, uh, through an in-play field goal, uh, which followed uh, a conversion, um, as in a successful conversion, and then leading into a penalty corner that gave the Pride a 3-0 lead, turning ahead to the final quarter. And whilst the Thundersticks continued to will themselves in the contest, um, the duck was finally broken in the 57th minute with a field goal of their own, but not good enough to follow up with the conversion to give themselves a chance at uh, getting a draw. But from there, the score stayed at 1-3, and it was a major, if not the final blow, of their very, very faint finals hopes, but we'll get to that later on. Now, for our undefeated women, women heading into the match, clearly they were not switched on. 
because within just 21 seconds, um, that was all that was needed for the uh, New South Wales Pride to score a field goal or in the blink of an eye. Uh, there was a 0-1 deficit. That was on the Thundersticks. And to finish off the first term, they actually couldn't stop a late penalty corner goal. So 0-2 down uh, going into, of course, the first term or the end of the first term. And that's not what you want. In the second term, the Golden White just couldn't make any inroads into their defense or get many legitimate shots off with any momentum built going to waste. Now, a fresh and fired-up unit came out after the main break, looking to get back into the contest, and they did just that via Lini Milan, uh, breaking through for the side's first field goal just minutes into the second half. But they couldn't convert, as that energy and positivity was stopped in its tracks, with the New South Wales Pride restoring their two-goal lead with a field goal of their own, but thankfully the conversion was saved. Now, in the final 17 minutes, 17 minutes the Thundersticks fought hard um, but simply couldn't break through the wall of defense that the pride had put up with nothing they could do going to plan the men on the standing sit second last and need an absolute miracle to make their way into the top four and need not just a win but other results to fall their way to scrape in whilst for the women they're still in a very strong position to retain top spot they've made final so they're, they're gonna be there um Head of both the women's team's finals matches, um, both the men and the women, they will actually play away to Brisbane Blaze, who sits second in both their women's and men's competition, respectively. So we're going to leave it for the Hockey One competition. Let's now finally talk a little bit of cricket and touch base with our Western Warriors. It's all over. WA go back-to-back in the Marsh Cup. They win their 16th title. And that man on screen would have to be pretty close to the man of the match, Josh Inglis, his batting performance Well, today. it certainly is not the Warriors that uh, we're used to hearing, and um, just that dominant force, back-to-back titles, but uh, it was back to reality. Uh, it was that kind of a loss delivered to the Warriors by New South Wales at the SCG and back to the drawing belt board to regroup. But they ended up finishing, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday last week. Now, the first innings after being sent into bat, and um, it could not have gone any worse, really, being bowled out for 141 with Joel Paris, um, who's just been in star bowling form, being the second highest run scorer at 24 not out, with Cam Bancroft the top at just 34. Uh, they, lo- they actually lost their last eight wickets for just 99 runs in a crashing collapse. Now, was it just a really good deck? For four wickets, it was that. I'm strangling the Blues, the Warriors, to have them four for 71 for giving up a 116-run fifth-wicket partnership that ended up resulting in a 130-run deficit for the Warriors to try to overtake before even thinking about looking to build a lead. Um, Lance Morrissey picked up three for 87, and debutante Hamish McKenzie two for 37 at 3.36. So not bad bowling as well um, from both those two players. Now, it was a strong response from just one man in Cam Bancroft. Uh, He had 54, facing 160 deliveries, but otherwise there were scores of two or less, three ducks, to the remaining top seven batters in a simply dismal display as uh, bowlers Joel Paris, yet again, who had 26, and Charlie Stobo, 32. They were the only ones to show fight, getting to just 136 setting a single-digit target for the Blues to chase down, and of course, that didn't last long. Uh, the team was 6 for 34 at 16.5 overs, 7 for 68, and then 8 for 134 in the only fight and positive partnership before conceding the last two wickets for just two runs. 
Um, with that strong defeat, the men having fallen to third, albeit equal on wins with South Australia and Tasmania, they're 1.78 points and 0.78 bonus points off top. Uh, with the team heading back home to welcome South Australia, top of the table, so a really good test to see where, where they stand and if they can bounce back. It'll be interesting to see um, how they respond to such a defeat. But now we're going to leave it for our Western Warriors. All right, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That is the end of Season 4, Episode 4. That's right, back-to-back fours, um, where our Western Warriors got uh, got a healthy dose of reality that, uh, unfortunately, um, if they don't don't sort of come up and bring their standards where it needs to be, they're going to get whacked, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, it sort of uh, it happened for our Thunder Six. New South Wales Pride taught them a bit of a lesson, both our men and our women. Um, one team that's just absolutely rolling and dominant at the moment, and it's our Perth Glory women setting the tone for everyone else to follow. Uh, the Perth Lynx, uh, they're not far behind them because they're two wins and zero losses, two very impressive performances. Um, the Perth Glory men just uh, got some momentum last week, but unfortunately dropped it this week, um, going uh, away to Western Sydney and just didn't fall the way that they wanted. Uh, the Perth Wildcats have some nice momentum rolling in their season, three wins on the trot, but a crunch weekend ahead for them. Two big games against Cairns at home and then Brisbane away. At, uh, as we sort of spoke about earlier, a very unhappy hunting ground in Nissan Arena. We'll see if they can turn it around this time. And of course, our Perth Scorchers women, 3-0 in their last three games. Top of the table. They're in a really, really nice spot and uh, getting, getting good momentum. Uh, another w- word that's been said way too many times in the outro. But uh, yeah, th- they're sort of rolling and they're hitting peak form when you want to. Now, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, look after yourself. Stay safe. And from Adam, about yours truly, I'm out for now.